This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to a, another podcast edition of the Overnight Crowd on SEN. You can find this page on sen.com.au or head to Spotify and type in Overnight Crowd. Uh, on the SEN Spotify page, and you can find all our handy work there. My name is Paul Sebastiani, and I'm joined by a very special guest and a very special friend of SEN from an AFL perspective, uh, one of our draft experts here on Overnights. Well, I'm going to don him as the Overnights uh, draft expert here on SEN. We're going to go through the ramifications of the top 10 picks and the outside pool, some underrated players and the sliders and bolters uh, in the 2023 AFL draft. And to do it all is our man, Pommy in Oz, Dan Williams. He joins us to chat about all of that and more. Dan, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We have to go through all time codes because this is a podcast edition and people can listen and tune in at any time. Sir, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Paolo? I'm very well, mate. Very well. Uh, much more excited for having heard your voice at this time of year as well with uh, all things draft because... Uh, you are the preeminent draft expert. Uh, I know there are a few that do the traps and have, do, have been doing the rounds in the traps for the last couple of years. I speak of Cal Toomey and a few others, but uh, safe to say uh, you're in the top two when you're definitely not number two. So uh, make of that what you will. <laughs> As the famous quote goes, I wouldn't say I'm the best, but I'm in the top one. <laughs> I think that's certainly the case here. Um, so let's get into it. Now, the draft has been spoken about, I mean, ad nauseum for for the last couple of weeks. And that's usually what happens when you're kind of halfway through the AFL season and you know, as a club, your season is pretty much done and dusted from a finals perspective. And then as the season is finished, uh, when the grand final is done, this is what makes the... This is what makes the papers. Uh, Harley Reid, of course, uh, much has been made of him and where he's going to end up. Is it going to be West Coast? Is it going to be North Melbourne? Is it going to be Melbourne? We don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. But um, let's start on the top 10 picks, uh, shall we, Pommy? And uh, you can guide us through all this. Harley Reid's the clear standout. He is. And it would take an exceptional offer from North Melbourne or whoever it may be to prize him off. Um, I've been quite firm on this stance. Um, pick ones throughout the years have been touted to be traded out because the team taking them is in a bit of dire straits. Um, Carlton fans will remember um, the wonderful duck, Wayne Carey, suggesting Carlton should trade Sam Walsh for Dom Tyson. Uh, <laughs> Sam Frost and, and a couple of Thomas Fogg. Disastrous. Yeah, but Harley Reid is that good and for me it has to be two and three um, with maybe something coming back to even it out to even entertain it but Harley Reid is, is, is world class a, a phrase that gets overused but maybe uh, is adequate in this occasion Harley Reid is a supreme player and a player that West Coast, when they've gone into their rebuild, 
can quite comfortably build a team around Harley Reid. And I think you back your system in. The West Coast Eagles are pretty strong at keeping talent. I think they back it in and make him a superstar. And he's uh, he's a great kid, he's Harley Reid. Yep. I can tell you he's, he's got a ticks in all the right boxes. And I know it has been spoken about, but can we dispel the myth that he doesn't want to go to WA because it's not it's not right and it's not true? I think as much as the media, have, I've never seen a pick wanting him to stay in Melbourne so much ever before. Um, I think I think Harley Reid said it himself when he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago on the AFL that he just his dream is to play footy. And for me, I think it's such an attractive off the West Coast as as a Victorian or a huge club. You are going there and you are following in the footsteps of the greats like Ben Cousins, Chris Judd, Kerr. He, he, he's in that ilk. His career could be that good. And I think he'll be hungry for the challenge to lead West Coast to their next dynasty. Love it. Um, all right. So outside of Harley Reid, what are we looking at from a top five and top 10 perspective? Are we looking at key forwards, key backs, or are we looking at uh, more midfield types again? Well, I think there's two players that haven't been talked about enough. One of them is Jed Walter, who obviously is landlocked to Gold Coast Academy, um, an absolute supreme player and would be in the conversation of pick one had he not been uh, an academy player. He is supreme. He is like all the forwards that are coming through the system as we see now. Your, Your Charlie Kernos, your Max Kings, these very highly mobile players which Nick Rewalt was probably the prototype of yep. 10, 15 years ago. They're all like that. Walter is supreme, and he is ready for AFL football from day one. The size of him, the way he moves, he glides on the surface. But the one who gets no love for me, and I'm a bit of a coward with pick one. I think you should take the safest guarantee. I would say Colby McKercher for me is someone that is getting no love but in my opinion, if I'm building a team, Colby McKercher is the first name on my sheet. The guy is incredibly agile. He finds the ball. He's got decision-making that makes him look like a 10-year player. He's incredibly hardworking. He's got breakaway speed. He is the, the prototype landlock for all Australian every year. When you look at players... He is like that Sam Walsh type of player that it might not be X-factor every game, but you can bet good money he's going to get you 25 touches every game and you can literally be the building block of your engine room. And at 80% efficiency, he is supreme. And I think North Melbourne with two and three have got the two best picks in the draft because they will nail this and be set up for a decade. This could be like Carlton's famous mackay Kerno draft. It, it could be that good for them with the picks they've got. Do you think he could be underrated due to the whole Tasmanian factor? And I know he's not the same player and doesn't play in the same position as him, but Lachlan Cowan last year may have slipped due to that. And we saw Caleb Daniel years ago slip down the rankings. But uh, some of these Tasmanian footballers, they find themselves you know, accumulating huge numbers uh, and looking damaging on the field, but um, sometimes they slip. They slip on draft night. Is is it just a case of the Tassie factor? We call it the Tassie tax on my show. That mm-hmm. you can deduct ten places from where they should go because we have Lucky Cowan in our top twenty when we did our pre rankings last year. Um, the same with this kid. I, I just feel that it happens every year when there is a standout player like Harley Reid, who people have known about for a couple of years. The of same with Sam Walsh. And I feel like people are sleeping on Colby, but Colby has been so consistent. 
He is that modern day player where you can see that he can just do everything. And for me, if I was North, it, it, I'd probably take two seconds after Harry Reid comes out. I'm straight away pick locked in. Colby McKercher, welcome to the club. Okay, very interesting. So Colby McKercher, one that um, is a little bit underrated. Now, you've got two other names that you listed here uh, for us on the rundown. Now, Riley Saunders is one and Dan Curtin is the other. Let's start with Riley Saunders. Uh, why is he underrated and um, what is he going to bring to the team that um, that picks him up? I feel like Riley's been one that we've talked about a lot. And going back to this time last year, he was, he was 20th on the power rankings per se. Um, and a lot of talk was because obviously he is an NGA at North Melbourne. A lot were talking about North Melbourne maybe will look to to pick him up. There was rumours that that's what they were pushing for. And Riley is, has really shot up. He's now well within the top 10. He's definitely not going to get to their second picks that North have. He's probably not good enough to be taken top three. But again, he's he's got ticks in everywhere you look for in a midfielder and another sandy boy and we know how good their their system is but he's incredibly clean he's 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 a boring player and i think that goes against him like cam mckenzie last year very boring to watch but what that's good for in afl is this guy isn't the star of his team he is there to give the ball to other people and he really stood out in the national carnival it was a real standout because he was in everything and for any team that ends up with Riley, he is a player that you know he's already used to the system that he's going to be playing in the seniors, and that is being the provider for his others. And you'd say that the doggies would definitely be looking at this guy, having a sniff. And I could even see him. He's definitely a Melbourne doggies-type player, a player that could really hit the ground running and be protected by the bigger bodies as he works on his art. Okay, so that's Riley Saunders. Very intriguing. Now, the other intriguing name we just just mentioned was Dan Curtin. Now, um, he comes out of the – he's a WA uh, underage footballer at the moment. Now, he has been touted as potentially moving through to the midfield. Is this one of those cases where the team that picks him up – and we've seen this often with a lot of AFL teams. Now, he stands at well, – I think he's standing at about 195, 196 centimetres. But is he one of those players that – could be played across the back line early in his career and then a player that shifts on the ball as a bigger body midfield as he starts to become used to the physicality of AFL. I feel like this is the obsession with the AFL at the moment. Everyone wants a big body midfielder, but yep. then when you're Patrick Cripps, you get criticised because you're not Dangerfield. Um, it's kind of the twist. I, he, I see a lot of Brody Kemp in this guy, and I think just because he's played midfield, people also forget he had a fantastic under-18 championship where they deployed him forward due to injury, and he snagged a few times as well. I see him as the intercept defender who could maybe become that Jacob Wheater in one-on-one enforcer who can get you going down the back. And this is why I've linked him heavily with not Zane Dersmer to North Melbourne, Dan Curtin. I think if they take Colby McKercher and Dan Curtin, that is the most logical thing for their draft needs. I feel like Zane Dersmer, they have a lot of Zane Dersmers. People forget Tarrant Thomas isn't an old man, and he genuinely plays that attacking midfield forward role. I feel Dan Curtin is a terrific footballer and a guy that was there with their backline, they've brought in a senior bodies for the backline, Toby Pink. You can rest this guy in that third pocket position as the interceptor, and this guy is ready for AFL football. 197 as of measurement at the draft, 95 kegs. He's big, he's strong, he's incredibly good with the ball as well. 85% by foot, which is ridiculous. 
and anything that's in the air, he takes. He's he's that modern day player that he reminds me a lot of Tom Stewart, the way he plays. That he can defend and intercept, but then take the game away from you very quickly. He's deceptively quick for his size, and I think you're never going to see him in the midfield. I I think he's going to become a premier type intercept defender okay. that we're all raving about. Very interesting. Do you think with a bit of foresight from North Melbourne that they looked at Ben Mackay and thought, okay, well, if we lose him, and I'm not saying that they're identical plays, but if we lose him, we might get someone with a skill set like Ben Mackay, if not even better than him going forward. Is is that the way you see North Melbourne? Uh, is, is that how you saw North Melbourne's foresight with maybe the Ben Mackay trade, given the fact that this man is available? Well, I think when... Essendon are willing to pay that much money and you get pick three and then you already have pick two. I think I think a stay-at-home key defender is quite easy to find. Yep. I think a player of Dan Curtin's ability that can turn the game from defence to attack is incredible. We saw Jacob Wheater and I, I want everyone to think of Jacob Wheater. And if you're a North Melbourne fan, he came into a system that was getting peppered and North Melbourne are going to get peppered inside 50 for the next two years. Mm-hmm. What a great opportunity for him to sharpen up that intercept game under duress, learn the hard way. And then when you come out of the other end, we saw it with Jacob Wheater in. Suddenly this guy wasn't shy of defending, but he could also hurt you from the counter-attack. And I think that they could be very creative here. Get Ethan Phillips in the rookie draft. He's already big. And then play this guy as that third defender. And you watch him fly, watch him bloom. And... We know Mr. Clarkson has previous with players like Danny Curtin, turning them into superstars from down the back, turning it into attack. I think Curtin is a Clarkson player, and I would say Clarkson would rate him in the top three. Okay, very interesting. So if you were to look back at, a, and I don't, I don't like comparing players to players from different eras, but if you were to look back on a player that Alistair Clarkson had in that premiership mould in the defensive area of the ground, who would he... Who would he potentially look like under Alistair Clarkson's eyes? Well, I mean, I think the obvious one when you think of it, if when you think of the great Hawthorne side, you always look at Josh Gibson, don't you? Right. Playing down the back. Um, he was 190, just a little bit smaller, but his ability to intercept and then counter-punch was so integral to that three-time premiership side. Mm. We know Alistair Clarkson's talked about Griffin Logue being his prototype I don't think Log has the ball use ability. Dan Curtin does, and I could really see him being that dangerous third there with Aidan Core taking more of the one-on-one work and then whoever else they play down, if that's Toby Pink, whoever they are, Big Bigoa, they, they stick with that and then they play this guy in that third and get him to wean it. But he's a supreme footballer and for me, I think if Dan Curtin doesn't go to North, I think they've made a mistake and it could help the teams down the track. I think there's a big ramification if Curtin goes earlier, it creates a chain reaction with Zane Dersmer and players and suddenly that opens up that top 10. After the top 10, it will open it up. Teams with picks in the 20s, they're going to see a couple of sliders go in there and that's what's going to excite them. Okay, interesting. Now, so you're saying Dan Curtin to North over Zane Dersmer. That's, that's your opinion on that, which is... I think you've made a very, very good claim for that, and it's understandable too. Now, um, so the ramifications outside of the top 10. Now, we've mentioned the sliders um, and the bolters, but we haven't mentioned the names. So you've got Ashton Moyer and Mitch Edwards, and you also mentioned Zane Dersmer there. Now, um, what are we looking at with regard to the ramifications? How are you seeing all this play out if, if Dan Curtin does go to North Melbourne? 
Well, I think straight away, if Danny Curtin ends up at North, as I predict, I feel like Zane Dersma is a lot to Hawthorne. And I think if you ask a Hawthorne fan, that's probably what they need. They probably need a damaging mid-forward and everything that we hoped Chad Wingard would be for Hawthorne, mm. I think Zane Dersma would totally slot in that system, can roll in there. And then I think that opens up your players who were really highly touted this time last year. And massive slides from players like, no one's talking about Nick Watson, the wizard. He was up there in the conversation with Harley Reid for a potential pick one. And at the moment, we've got him going anywhere from six to 10, which is really outside. And Nick Watson, the wizard, could be an incredible acquisition for someone. Should the draft go this way, you'd imagine that Zane Dersma, Riley Saunders are the next couple taken. This will open up that Nicky Watson, Caleb Windsor and Darcy Wilson. Them three players there will be really intriguing because they're very similar types of players with different facets, which will make it entertaining for them sides in that 5 to 15 category that have openly said they want mid-forwards. Okay, very interesting. Now, one name I wanted to mention too, just off the draft board, um, to Jayath. Uh, has been a touted name uh, from Gippsland Power Defender. Um, how are you seeing his draft draft prospects play out? Of course, he's the brother of Hawthorne um, intercept defender CJ. Uh, he seems to be a type that, I don't know if he's bolted up the rankings, but um, he, he seems to be a player that is going to go likely inside the top 25. Um, who, who are you seeing him go to? He's a, he's a name that I was really intrigued with. Yeah, I mean, he'll definitely be in around the early 30s, late 20s. Obviously, if someone wants him, they want to take him before 40 because obviously Hawthorne had the ability to match. And this is a guy that you always look at these types of players that he just suddenly came from nowhere. Mm. And it was particularly mid-season last year, as the state leagues are going, as, as the national representative sides are playing, this guy really stood up. And once he made his debut around nine, he never looked back. And by the end of the season, you'd probably argue he was Gippsland's best player. And the big thing of him is he's very similar to his brother with lightning pace, makes things happen, looks to take the game on. And he's, again, one of these players that when you're in that late 20s, mid-30s, you're, you're probably pretty much sorted. And if you're looking at maybe a player to come in and go, right, he's not going to play for this year. He's probably going to be a VFL player, state league footballer. He's got all the ticks for these damaging players. And we're Carlton fans, Paolo. We, we are <laughs> used to these types of players. Your, your CJs, your Elia Elias, who if you're loose with your inside 50s, before you know it, these guys have taken the intercepts and got it straight up the guts and you've conceded six when five minutes ago you were about to have a set shot, these guy, this guy has got some skills and basically he just needs to put on some size. So he is an incredible talent. And one that I'm looking at to think when you have a mind on 10 years time, when you redraft it, wouldn't be shocked to see this guy inside the top 15. Okay. Very intriguing. Another name that could potentially go inside the top 15. He might just be on the outside of it, but I know a lot of people love a goal kicking, uh, young draftee and, a man that goes by the name of Lance Collard out of WA Subiaco. Uh, very, very, very exciting player, this young man. Uh, what are you seeing his draft prospects look like coming into 2023? Uh, he seems to be a pretty talented type, this young man. 
Something that I like about these players that are NGA'd and have played a lot of professional training, and Lance Collard is affiliated with West Coast, obviously, because the AFL only allows the Northern Territories and the rest can put money in and not get their players. He, he's going to go somewhere else, presumably. And he, he is an incredibly exciting player, and he has got X Factor. And there's a few of them in this draft around these picks, Colton Fullstrop and Harry Di Matteo as well, two players that go with this guy are incredibly exciting and players that we can see be poster boys. He, he looks like the type of player that can make an impact day one. Um, 180, bit lightweight, 65 kgs, but don't let that deceive you because he is incredibly evasive and it's all right being small, but it's actually trying to get these people. So you, you might be small. Look at Ollie Hollands. I was saying this last year when we recruited him at Carlton. Yeah, he might be lightweight. Good luck catching him. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I agree. If you tackle him, you're probably going to kill him. Mm. But his skill set is not being hurt. And we really did see this, particularly at the Colts level. He was devastating in front of the goals. And someone you can rest in the pocket. And he's going to snag all day long. An incredible crummer. And probably one of the best crummers in the draft if you're looking for an out-and-out crumming forward. I was going to say that the funny thing about these type of plays is that they're not in the side to be physical. I just it's not, it is not their skill set. They're there to be on the outside and hurt you on the outside. Outside players need outside bodies, and it, and they need to have, they need to be functional from a physical point of view. There's no point being 95, 96, 97 kilos because you won't be able to run uh, for a sustained period if you're an outside player too, and you won't be a zippy either. So it's all got to be functional. To your position, absolutely no doubt about it. Um, and you speak of Ollie Hollands. Uh, I mean, he's probably one of the more courageous players on the Carlton list as well. He doesn't shirk at the task. In his first game, he ran back into the hole against Shaq Rewald. And then in his second game, he ran back into the hole against Jeremy Cameron. And, you know, his defensive attributes, you know, fr- from a contested point of view aerially are actually quite strong. So um, what do they say, Pommy? It's not the size of the lion or it's the, it's not the size of the... It's not the size of the line in, in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the line that counts. Mate, it's spot on. I mean, he's not there to collect debts. Exactly. He's, <laughs> you know I mean? he's, he's there to kick snacks. Not a loan shark. So, I mean, he, he's all right. But you, you watch him play. He's, he's that modern-day type of player. You know, like that Jack Ginny type player yep. that can yep. have three touches, two goals. Finisher. And, Just the finisher. And, do you know what I mean? If you've got your pressure forward sorted, mm. you, you know what? You know you can just slide him in the pocket and say, mate, I've, I've, I've a bit of fun out there. And he's got some skills and he's incredibly quick as well. Like he's incredibly nippy as well. So he's going to be a very exciting footballer. One that I expect kids around the country to replicate in a couple of years. The collab pocket, they'll probably call it. <laughs> the collab pocket, I like that. Uh, Pommy, just before we wrap up here, uh, we're speaking with Pommy and Oz, Dan Williams. You can catch all his uh, handiwork on the socials, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I want to do a little mock prediction, a mock draft, and how you think it's all going to play out. So just give me your top 10, and give me a player that you think is really, really, really going to bolt up the ranks in the draft. So let's go from 10 to 1. And then you can give me a bolter that's going to really surprise on draft night. Okay, I think it will be Sanders ten, Caddy nine, O'Sullivan eight, Ethan Reed seven, um, six. Oh, sorry, six was Roy Sanders. Ten was uh, Caleb Windsor, Nate Caddy, 
Connor O'Sullivan, Ethan Reid, Riley Sanders, Zane Dursmith, Colby McHurcher, Danny Kerr, and Jed Walter, and Harley Reid will okay. be the top ten. Beautiful. Okay, perfect. And who's your bolter up the draft? Who's going to be the one that surprises everyone on draft night? Uh, I think James Leakey will sneak into the top 15. Okay. Another uh, another sensational player that hasn't got enough, but remind is that awkward 187, 80 kegs who has he, he, he kind of imagine Lockie Plowman's one-on-one skill, but with the Adam Saad creativeness Ooh, okay. and dash. So he's very good defensively, but this guy can really penetrate from the back half. And he reminds me of a, a very young Dane Rampey. The fact that he's strong defensively, but he can cut you apart with his his decision-making and his prowess. I think James League will be a player that probably people have slept on. And I think he's probably a bona fide top 10 player. He reminds me of having that career progression of Rory Laird. I could see this guy moving up to the midfield in four or five years' time as well and being really handy the way he plays. But he's a natural-born leader and one I'm excited about seeing in the draft this year. Okay, absolutely brilliant. All right, so what's uh, happening for for your channel and for yourself from now until until draft night and beyond? Uh, what's What's happening on YouTube? Oh, well, we've got loads coming up. We've got um, a few more draft pocket profiles. Check them out. We've gone up to the first 40 favourite players. We're going to go up to 60, so there'll be two more episodes of 10. They're all time-stamped if there's a particular player you want to learn about. Just a two-minute, three-minute blurb. And we've got a live mock draft on Friday. We've got three special guests that we're going to act as list managers. We've randomly drawn teams out, so there'll be (laughs) trades. Uh, And um, there'll be some team-specific needs analysis where we'll go through the teams and uh, bash it out what your team actually needs and uh, who the dream target is and who we're looking to fall to make your perfect A-grade draft. Absolutely love it, mate. Um, actually, last one, just before I let you go, how much live trading is there going to be on uh, over the draft nights? Because I think it's a new thing that's come up in the last couple of years, and I think people are, are still still sort of getting used to how it all unfolds. For me, Geelong have to trade their first-round pick. Um, they have to. Uh, currently... I mean, it looks like it's going to be pick 10 when it comes to draft day with the match systems of Ethan Reid and Jed Walter. I just look at their list and just see that they would be mental not to do a trade with Adelaide for their next two picks after their first pick that Adelaide have. And I think that would be the only one in the first round. I could see quite a few in the back end, particularly from West Coast Eagles. I could see West Coast Eagles maybe getting creative if we start to see players fall. Particularly watch the Lance Collard one. It's interesting that Colton Falstrup has been invited to day one, which does indicate that I think he is the bolter from where people have them okay. uh, going, which would indicate maybe when you try and pencil in where he's going, they're probably looking at Mr. They would probably be looking at Lance Collard, but for him to be invited, I would say I could see them stepping up if Lance Collard is there around that 19 mark and go, right, let's bite the bullet, let's get the boy in. Okay. Very interesting. All right, so that's how it's all going to play out uh, on draft night, according to our man, Pommy in Osdam Williams. Make sure you check out all his handiwork, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can find it all there. What's your website as well, Pommy? Give your website a plug too. 
Um, um There's some merch there, but there's yep. also links to all the socials if you want to be lazy and just click <laughs> one thing. Exactly. I think it's e- it's easier that way for some people. Uh, Pommy, always a pleasure. Never a chore with you, sir. Uh, we will reconvene after the draft is done and dusted, and we'll do a little draft recap uh, as to how, how it all played out on draft night. But um, uh, lovely, to, lovely to chat with you, and uh, we'll speak again when the draft's done and dusted, mate. My pleasure. Enjoy, everyone. Enjoy.